it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hello, hello, everyone. If you don't know by now, you are tuned in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Now, if you're a regular of this particular podcast, you are probably used to hearing Brandy's voice in your ears. And as you can probably tell, I am not Brandy. My name is Mariah Hedquist, and I am a sweet stylist and life coach for hairstylists. And Brandy has so graciously offered me a guest opportunity here on the podcast. My intention is to share some of my best tips, tricks, and coaching concepts with all of you to help you in your entrepreneurial journey. I work with hairstylists, but the things that I share can be applied to any sector of the beauty industry and to life in general. So some of this stuff might be new for you, but I encourage you to listen in with an open mind. You might be surprised what you discover. So let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. If you're um, tuning in, uh, this is recording, I'm recording this in the summertime. Why does it matter? It doesn't. Um, Maybe because I just want to remind myself that summer is a thing because I live in Michigan. So maybe if I'm listening to this, listening to this back in the wintertime, or if you're from Michigan or another cold place like ours, and you listen to it in the winter, you can be reminded that the sun does shine here. (laughs) It's not just snow and gray and yuck. And, you know, soon enough, that sunshine will be back. But anyway, enough with the awkward intros. Let's get into the topic for today. So this one, um, this one is going to be interesting. Maybe I say that every single time, but this, we're going to talk about two mindsets. One really common mindset that I find in the beauty industry that operates in some really interesting ways. And then another mindset that you can practice leaning into that I think is going to help you make some some real moves in your business, whether you are a beauty professional, um, a hairstylist in the aesthetics world, the makeup artistry world, whatever sector you're in, whether you're a human being in life, you know, living, this could probably help you with that too. So <laughs> we're going to be talking about scarcity versus sufficiency mindset. Dun, dun, dun. Now, you could probably guess uh, what a scarcity mindset is, but um, the way that I define it is the scarcity mindset is um, decisions become really fear-based. It's really limited. Um, You have a hard time being satisfied and content with what you have. You tend to focus on everything that's missing or imperfect or where you're not. You know, a lot of people that operate in this mindset have this belief of, 
whenever I have X, whether that be X amount of dollars, X amount of achievements, whenever I have something that I don't currently have right now, then I will be okay, then I will feel fulfilled, then life will be all right, you know, that type of vibe. It comes with um, a real big aversion to risks, a lot of fear in operation and timidity, and um, some other emotions that come along with the scarcity mindset are tension, frustration, overwhelm, maybe anxiety, you know, and so if this is you, uh, this is not something to, to place a judgment on and say the scarcity mindset is a bad thing, but it's just something to notice, something to notice, something to acknowledge and pay attention to, because that awareness is going to be the first step into making a change, into actually changing this mindset and and shifting into a different one, um, ideally the sufficiency mindset. So one thing that I want to point out is uh, notice that I didn't say abundance, uh, abundance mindset. Because one thing that comes up in the personal development space, that word comes up a lot. Living in abundance and feeling abundant and being abundant. And um, I understand the messaging with it. And sometimes it's hard to jump from scarcity to abundance. It's hard to wrap your brain around the idea of feeling like you're in a place of not enough and needing more to now I have more than enough. Now I'm feeling abundant. Now everything is overflowing. Sometimes that feels a little too fluffy and far-fetched. And so that's why I offer sufficiency. Sufficiency is like a stepping stone on the way to abundance because really uh, living in abundance is far less about the stuff that you have, the um, amount of money in your bank, the amount of like clothes in your closet, like those tangible things. Whenever we hear these conversations about abundance and wealth, I think it naturally we go towards um, the stuff, right? We like stuff. And when you don't have a lot of stuff or you feel like you don't have a lot of stuff, it can be uh, almost like just too big of a leap to to get over to abundance and believe like, oh, no, I do have a lot of stuff. It can just feel like a like a disconnect and kind of fluffy and not real. And so your brain will be like, yeah, never mind. That's not for me. So that's why I offer sufficiency. Sufficiency is a step in between on the way to to opening up to this concept of abundance that, you know, it's, it's a conversation for a different day. So what is a what is what does a sufficiency mindset look like in contrast to the scarcity mindset? Well, it's just a it's just a recalibration. It's just a recalibration of your resources. Because scarcity wants you to focus on everything that you don't have. So let's use this as a, let's use like money as an example. Let's say, well, I don't have $10,000 in my bank account and I won't feel financially secure unless I have $10,000 in my bank account. And so because I don't have $10,000 in my bank account, I feel 
frustrated by that. I feel overwhelmed when I think about how I'm going to put $10,000 in my bank account because, you know, maybe my books are kind of slow and I have bills and I can't just set money to the side because I don't even have extra money coming in. You see the spiral that scarcity mindset creates, right? So the question is, why do you want $10,000 in your account in the first place? And do you have, do you even have need of $10,000 in the first place? Because um, I think we can all say, if I said, who, who here wants to have more money? Everybody would raise their hand. Even the wealthiest people would raise their hand and say they want to have more money, right? But the, the sufficiency mindset, the point of it is, taking proper, uh, taking proper inventory of your resources. Maybe for your bills and for your lifestyle, you only have need of $2,000 and you have that. You have that on hand or you generate that through your income. And so rather than focusing on what you don't have, it's saying, well, here's what I do have. And this is what it affords me. You know, what I do have, the money that I do have affords me my groceries, affords me my home, affords me my vehicle, affords me my lights, affords me, you know, what do I have? And focusing on that takes your brain out of this place of constantly um, trying to figure it out, 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 figuring it out, figuring out how to create more for yourself. Um, We'll just keep using the money example. Figuring out how to create more money is part of the equation, but it's way harder to actually do that, to create the money when you're in this sort of like panic mode and believing that you're coming from a deficit. Like, oh, I'm not, think about that. I'm not going to be okay until I have this amount of money or until I have this other thing. So it puts you in this sort of survival mode. And so when you're in survival mode, you're not able to think as wisely or resourceful or constructive or creative as you otherwise would if you were in a more um, uh, like a less emotionally reactive state. One thing that my coach says, I don't know if she quotes this from somewhere else, but I hear her say it all the time that when emotions are high, intelligence is low. So when you're in an emotionally reactive state, which is what scarcity mindset puts you in, your intelligence is low. Now we're not calling you like unintelligent, but what I'm saying is your ability to make really wise, intentional, well thought out choices is going to be low because your brain is in panic mode. It's in panic mode trying to make up for what's for what's lacking and for what's missing. And so um, and it doesn't believe this is why I put sufficiency as a stepping stone to abundance. When you're in scarcity, your brain is fully convinced. No, we do not have enough. We do not have enough. We are missing so much. So to try to tell it or um, rewire it to believe that you have more than enough, like abundant, can 
can be too big of a leap. It's kind of like at the at the gym, if you think about building muscle, like let's say you want to build muscle or tone up or whatever. Um, if you've never stepped foot in the gym and you try to pick up the 50 pound dumbbell and start cranking out reps with that, your arm is going to fall off. Like your arm is going to fall off. You're going to hurt yourself. You're not going to build the muscle because you're going about it for lack of a better word, the wrong way or an ineffective way. Um, Yes, lifting weights is going to help you, but lifting the 50 pound weight is not going to help you. You need to start with fives or you need to start with tens because of where you're at. And the more you rep out the fives, you're going to build that muscle. Then you can rep out the tens. Then you can rep out the twenties, if that makes sense. So your sufficiency mindset is going to be like your fives, your tens, your twenties, that interim while you are climbing to the, to those bigger, more broad, um, expansive, juicy beliefs. Okay. I hope you're still tracking with me here. So when you're in sufficiency, how you'll know that you're there is you have a more hopeful outlook in general of of your, um, of your outcomes. You know, it's just kind of like, I don't, I don't have all of the pieces per se, but what I do have, I know is enough to get me to the next place. I don't need to have step 50 when I'm here at step one. All I need is step two, and I have enough resources at step one to get me to step two. You feel satisfied with where you are and content And what I want to add to this part is, um, for me, when I was originally learning how to practice this, um, I had this belief, and it was just kind of like a, a wonky belief that I needed to adjust, was if I accept where I'm at, or if I say I'm content with where I am, or I'm satisfied right here, then that means that I'm just going to stay here, and I can't aspire to that next level. Like I'm saying, oh no, I don't want that bigger thing because I'm fine with what I have right now. And I want to offer, if that's coming up for you, that that's not what this is. It's, it's, it's not either or. It's not either I take this what I have and say no to what I want to build. Um, it's both and. It's I am making peace with where I am right now, I'm not trying to force myself to be somewhere down the line, but I'm making peace with what I, what, where I'm at right now with what I have, and I'm going to use these pieces to help me get to that next place. It's both rather than one or the other. And our brain is really, really good at either or, or call it, we call it black and white thinking where it's either A or B, one or two. My clients, my coaching clients bring this to me a lot, um, like make their decisions from this place a lot. And a lot of them um, also experience perfectionism and things like that. And and a hallmark of perfectionism is this very black and white thinking. And when you, when you just have that thought habit, a thought habit of thinking in terms of these like... Um, two options, you just think that that's how all decisions are made, but that's not true. We always have more than two options. Even when it feels like, even when it feels like that's not true, 
there's always more than two options. And so what I coach my clients to understand is what else could be there? I'm saying it's one or two, but what else, what other options might I have? What other things might exist? So our brain is really good at offering us the A or B, scarcity or abundance, lack or abundance, you know, but sufficiency is in between and there's all other flavors of, of choice in between. So I wanted to offer that as well, that it's not just A or B, one or two, but our brain is really good at this black and white thinking. So either I, I option one, stay where I am and just be content with this and sort of, um, gosh, what's the word? There's a specific word that I want to use, just settle. Like I just settle for this and be okay with it, which doesn't feel good because you, you're not a settler. You don't want to settle for where you are when you have a, a larger goal. Like something about your current circumstance has you feeling antsy, has you feeling like, you know, there's more for me out there. So I don't want to settle in here because then that means I'm just in, in the same spot. I'm stuck, right? So you're not settling. It's um, either I settle here or I shoot for this larger thing that feels kind of like impossible to me or like out of, out of my reach. <laughs> That's how the black and white thinking shows up. But what's, what is really an option is, um, making peace with where you are. Again, like I kind of said, but I'll just repeat it. Making peace with where you are, knowing that all the elements of this current moment, like everything that, that you're sitting in right now, um, are the stepping stones to what it is that you want to create. So it's both and because when you try to when you try to force yourself to that other thing it just feels too it's just too big of a, a leap sometimes it feels too difficult to to accomplish so anywho sufficiency mindset like I said how you know you how you know that you're there is you have a more hopeful outlook a more um open curious expansive sort of perspective and you feel just satisfied like okay, I feel good here and I am stretching myself to go to the next level. You are able, it's easier for you to just ride the waves of entrepreneurship because um, if you don't know, you might be learning or you know by now that there really are waves, just like there's waves to our our books, right? Like certain seasons are a little bit busier than others when we think about holiday season versus maybe the beginning of the year or the middle of the summer where things tend to have a trend of slowing down. Um, you are able to ride those waves. It's not like, oh my gosh, like my books are so slow and I have no idea what's going on or this, this, thing broke inside of my space and I don't know what to do or like you know the downs are not so down and then the ups that you still enjoy the ups but it's not like the be-all end-all you're able to ride those waves of entrepreneurship you have a better understanding of of risk and how to engage with risk and you can make your decisions a little bit more strategically and and well thought out and you just have a general a more general ease to yourself and and your decision making. So let's jump back over to scarcity for a second because I want to talk about how it how it actually affects your um your decision making, your choices, like kind of your posture and how you show up as a whole. Um 
when you, how it impacts, that's what I want to say, how it, its effects and then how it impacts just the way that you show up. So when you're operating from that foundation of scarcity mindset, that not enoughness is kind of on the soundtrack of your mind inside of your business, this can look like having non-existent boundaries with your clients. Because if scarcity tells you that all the clients that you have on your books are the only ones that you'll ever have, it only focuses on um, just that, like we, we can't create more or there's not more coming in or we don't know how to create more. So it wants to hold on to these people. And so with that, there is that temptation, or maybe sometimes this is what happens for you, to compromise your boundaries and do things like work outside of your operating hours or um, talk to your clients like via text or however you communicate with them at just totally inappropriate hours of the night. I believe in having business hours for your business. Like if you were working, speaking to independents, um, I know that this message applies to everyone, but this specifically applies to people that are independent and don't have a receptionist or don't work in a, in a, um, in a salon salon. Um, if they were to call the salon on the day that the salon's closed, no one's picking up that phone. They're going to have to leave a message. They're going to have to call back again later during the hours of operation. And that's a boundary. And for you, you get to have those same boundaries just because your client texts you at 11 o'clock at night doesn't mean that you have to reply at 11 o'clock at night. And it also doesn't mean that they're expecting a response from you at 11 o'clock at night. When that client calls the salon at 11 o'clock at night, they know nobody's picking up that phone. So they're not going to be upset when the voicemail kicks on and they have to leave a message, right? So same thing applies to you. If they're texting you at 11 o'clock at night, they might not even be expecting a response from you. They are just texting you at a time that is most convenient for them. But that was a little bit of an aside. But when you're in that scarcity, your boundaries become non-existent because you're just so afraid to to rock the boat and and lose what you what you have. And by losing that, then you're definitely not going to create more because you're losing everything, right? That's what scarcity wants you to believe. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast, where business meets beauty. Become a community member today. We have a BBN community where you can support the podcast and get access to subscriber-only content, swag, community events, and so much more. You can check the link in our show notes or visit businessbeautynetwork.com to find out how to become a BBN community member. It also comes with a fear around your finances and reinvesting back into your business because you want to hold on to every single penny that you bring in. You know, you start making some really, rather than making wise money decisions, they become fear-based money decisions. And how you can tell the difference is just, I mean, once you get more in touch with your emotional experience, uh, which develops over time, you can actually feel the difference in your body when you are considering a purchase or considering an investment and you're thinking about it from a really wise and intentional place. Your thoughts are something like, 
Is this going to help grow my business? Is this going to create a better experience for my clients? Is this going to serve the business and its growth in some way, you know, or help it? Is this going to be a positive thing in the long run? And then letting that be the answers to those questions decide whether you invest or not versus do I have the money for this? I don't know if I have the money for this. Uh, I don't want to spend money on this because I just don't want to spend any money because, you know, you never know what's going to happen with the money. What if I don't make it? You know, there's a lot of um, just uncertainty and fear versus that sort of calm resolve that comes with not being in scarcity. Scarcity mindset keeps you focused on the future but not in a healthy way, not in a what can we create, what are we building, what are we going towards, what's the vision type of constructive way. It keeps you focused on the future in a what do I want to make sure doesn't happen? Like what am I going to try to avoid and there's nuance to this, but it's like that that fear-based thinking, gosh, I don't want this to happen. I don't want that to happen. So how can I make sure that it doesn't? And how can I prevent these things? So you're focused more on outcomes that you don't want versus the outcomes that you do. And when you're operating from that space, emotionally, you end up way more reactive way more on edge, just way more um, unsettled. And um, that takes a toll on you. It's like it, it's like the battery operating in the background that just constantly drains and drains and drains because it's affecting you on a, on a almost on a subconscious level. Your brain is constantly behind the scenes trying to Avoid, 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 avoid. Make sure this doesn't happen. Make sure that doesn't happen. Oh, we don't have this. We don't have that. It just, it's, it's just constantly going and going. And so you end up more reactive instead of proactive, which interestingly enough, the thing that is warped about scarcity is at the end of the day, your brain is trying to protect you from, from loss or from failure, or from something that you think is going to cost you. Whether that be emotionally cost you, or financially cost you, we're trying so hard to avoid this future scenario. Which is, what's so ironic is, it does cost you something. It's costing you something to stay in scarcity. And the question you might be asking is, well, what is that? It's costing you more time and it's costing you more peace. And it could be costing you more money in the long run. Because if you're not able to make really, if you're not able to make wise, thought out decisions to help grow you as an individual, to help grow your business, remember what I said before, when emotions are high, intelligence is low. So if you're not, if you're not able to get yourself to that space where you can think you're wisest and most intelligent, then you're not going to be able to make those money-making decisions. You're not going to be able to make those growth decisions in a way that's going to produce. The only return that you're going to get is 
more scarcity because that's what you're looking for. That's what you're looking for um, because your, your mind is primed to find it. So it does. That's the ironic thing is the fear is I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose. You do end up losing because scarcity can't produce sufficiency. Scarcity can't produce abundance. It only produces more scarcity. When you think about like um, the stock market, now I know people have all kinds of feelings and thoughts about the stock market, but generally the way that it works, you take your money, you invest it in your stock market, and then you get a return on that investment. And um, like you put mo- you put a certain amount of money in, the goal is to get more money out. And that becomes, you know, a possibility. Now it depends on when you, whether the market's up or down, but just ignore that part for a second. So just to make it super simple, let's say you have a hundred bucks, you want to invest it in the stock market and by investing it and not holding on to it, you get a return of $10,000 because you invested that hundred bucks into the stock market. So by taking that hundred and not being scarce about it, by putting it out of your hands and into the market, you get a return of $10,000, which is more than what you put in, right? But if you were to operate in scarcity and keep that hundred and not invest it into the market, what do you miss out? It costs you $9,900. And I hope my math was right on that, but I think you see the point. It costs you more because you could have made an additional $9,900 by investing it into the market, but scarcity made you hold on to it. So you're sitting at 100 when you could be sitting at 10,000. So there is a cost associated to scarcity mindset. But you just don't fully realize it because you're not necessarily seeing it ahead of time. It's basically the cost of potential, the cost of of what could be. Um, So there is a cost associated with it. Question you might be asking yourself now is, okay, Mariah, so like, how do I begin to change this? How do I get from scarcity over into sufficiency? And um, so I'm going to tell you how to do it. Here's not necessarily three steps, but a couple um, prompts, if you will, to kind of get your your um, your mind flowing, your thoughts flowing in that direction. So the first question that you can ask yourself in to open up the door on this a little bit is, what do I believe I need and what do I already have? So whether it's finances, whether it's uh, results in your business, like a certain number of clientele, whether it be outside of your business, like a relationship or whatever aspiration or goal, what is it that you believe is missing? And get really, really specific. Because part of the reason why scarcity kind of keeps you running on this hamster wheel is because it's very broad and it's very vague. And when your brain doesn't have anything specific, specific to focus on, it's going to try to focus on everything all at once. It's kind of like when you have a day and you want to be super productive in your day or whatever, but you don't 
organize a list or you don't give yourself things to focus on, I don't know if this happens for you, but this is what happens for me. I start on one task and then I, and then it reminds me of something else. So then I start on another thing and then it reminds me of a third thing. So then I hop over to the third thing and then I remember, oh shoot, I didn't finish the first one. So you end up bopping around to a bunch of different things and you're not actually getting anything done because you didn't identify these are the priorities and this is what I'm focusing on and give yourself that direction to go in. Same deal with this. So getting really specific. What do I, what do you think is missing? And then what do you have? So using money, because this will help, this will help uh, like make it a little bit more concrete. Using money again. If you believe that you need $500 um, and you have 200 in your bank account, then you don't actually need five, you just need three. And maybe 300 feels more doable than 500. We're looking at the difference. But if you just say, oh, I need more money, well, what does that even mean? Like how much more money? How do you, how do you even, how do you even go about with when it's, when the goal is that vague, how do you even begin to formulate action steps to create it, right? It's really hard to do versus going back to this very simple money analogy. Oh, I believe I need 500. I currently have 300. So all I need, or maybe I think I did it the other way around the first time. Either way, you get what I'm trying to say. If I have 500 and I currently have 300, then I only need $200. So how do I, how can I go about creating $200 in my space? you know, simple, just looking at what is the difference between the two, very specifically, and starting there. And um, with that, giving yourself that specific thing to focus on, you might realize, oh, it's not as difficult as I thought, or okay, that actually won't take me as long. And then you begin to feel more confident. It starts to feel a little bit more doable when you look at it really specifically and concrete. So get specific and look at what is the, what's the gap and how do you go about bridging that gap between the two. Then the next one would be to get present. And that's something we hear in the personal development, motivational, you know, uh, whatever space of be present, be present. Well, how do we do that? So getting present just simply means pay more attention to today and right now, spend more time paying attention to that than spending time paying attention to the future or the past. The future is relevant. The past is relevant. They both have their place and they both are, you know, deserving of their own attention and time. But the most productive place for you to be in is the current day because that's the only time you have to take action. I can't take an action five years ago because five years ago was gone. I can't take an action in five years from now because five years from now is in the future. I can only take an action today right here in this moment where I'm at. So when you go out of spending all that time in the future and all the what ifs, which when you think about it is super goofy because you don't even know the details of the future. The only portions of time that you actually know the details of is like right now and the past because you can reflect on the past and you live in the present. So you don't even know what the details are, all the details about the future, but yet you're still trying to plan and figure out and solve for an equation that you don't even have all the pieces for, right? So coming back to the present, paying attention to today. And this is this is definitely something that takes practice because if you have 
a thought habit of being in the future, especially if you're someone that, that tends toward anxiety and tend towards, tends toward worry. You're spending a lot of time in the future and outside of your present. So this, this does take practice um, to build this awareness. Something that I do whenever I'm trying to practice a new skill, I did this a lot early on, is I would make notes for myself. Things that I wanted to remind myself of or remind myself to be present, I would put it on a post-it note and put it somewhere that I could see it. I would put it on my computer. I would put it in my purse. I would put it in my car, like on the dashboard. I would put reminders in my phone. Like however, whatever is going to work best for you to remind you of what it is that you want to focus on. Because if you don't put that in place, then you're just going to go back to your old habit. So sometimes we have to help ourselves in creating new habits. So that's one thing that I do and um, a lot of my clients do as well is when I'm doing something, practicing something, uh, a belief that's really new, putting it places that I can see it to keep my focus on it so it has my attention. So I just don't forget about it. So getting present and, and finding evidence for this belief that today I have everything I need. This one is another one that's gonna take some practice too because naturally our mind wants to go to the future and think about in the future, this is going to happen. In the future, these are the bills that are due. In the future, this is, you know, what 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 my money situation is going to like. We want to we want to go live in the future, and walking back to today. Sometimes, depending on, you know, perfectionism, this shows up. Anxiety, this shows up, can feel a little bit almost like irresponsible. Or like, no, I am not, I'm not being smart. Or like, what do you mean? That just feels so reckless. Like it just, it feels that way in the beginning. But I promise you it's not when you are, um, it's a necessary part of building the sufficiency mindset. Because if you are always in the future, you'll never be able to accurately gauge your resources for today. So it does take a little bit of practice, but you know, if you were to entertain the belief that today I have everything that I need, ask yourself, how is that true? How is that true? You know, so for me, that could look like, well, I have my bed to sleep in. I have food in my refrigerator to eat for breakfast. I have my meal prep for my lunch. I have my meal prep for dinner. Um, I have money in the bank. I could buy more groceries if I need to. I could buy a meal, I could buy a couple meals if I needed to, but I don't need to because my meals are prepped. I have, my bills are paid in my suite, so I don't have need of that money yet because it's already covered for the week and I have my supplies, I have all of my tools, I have, you know, all the things that you have. When you start taking inventory of what you have instead of what you don't, your brain is going to find more stuff that you have and that resourcefulness is going to expand. So that's how I would go about finding evidence for today I have everything that I need. Um, that's number two. And then number three, this one, uh, this is where you can get really creative and use your imagination. The question is, what can I do with what I have? You as a human being, especially as a creative, um, having a creative mind, saying, what can I do with these resources that I have currently, like, and just let your brain come up with stuff without judging it. Because 
new ideas, for example, new inventions, new services, new products, new whatever, um, come out of creativity. And if we were to judge these new things that we haven't seen before as silly or dumb, then we'd probably be missing out on a lot of innovations. I don't know. And I think it just all the cool stuff that has come to market, like even, even like goofy things like, like those scrub daddy sponges, like people love them. And if, if the guy that made them was like, oh no, a sponge with a smiley face in it is stupid. And you know, I haven't seen anything and he discounted his idea, then people would be without their scrub daddies and they'd be really, they'd be really sad having to use just a regular old sponge. But anyway, he had to make do with what he had. He had to look at what he had to be able to conceptualize what could come from that in the future. And you can do a lot with what you already have. I guarantee it. So let's run down the list real quick. Question number one, what do I believe I need and what do I already have? And filling in the gap between those two. Number two, getting present and practicing the belief and finding evidence for finding evidence for the belief today I have everything that I need and then number three what can I do with what I have those are going to be your first stepping stones to creating a foundation of a sufficiency mindset while you are well on your way to expanding and creating a more abundant mindset these are all steps along the way and so you know if, if you haven't practiced uh, mindset work, if you will, or um, really challenging yourself to think in this way. It might feel a little tough at first, but I want to offer just lean into the challenge um, because you're only going to gain from this. You're not going to lose by doing this. You're only going to gain. It's only going to give you even more insight into yourself, into your decision making. Um, it's going to help you become a more confident person overall, a more calm, less reactive person overall in the future. And of course, if this is something that you really want to do, but you're challenged by it, then reach out to me. You can shoot me a DM over on Instagram at underscore beauty and the brain. That is where you can find me. And I'm happy to elaborate on any of these points to kind of walk you through the, uh, some of these points if you feel like you need it and help these things land because ultimately that's the whole point of this whole thing is to get you in the frame of mind that is open and expansive and going to help you just walk into your next level. So that's scarcity versus sufficiency. I hope that this is helpful to you and I will catch you on the next one. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at IamBrandyTaylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at ExquisiteLooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.